Today we have something a little different for you. Over the next several weeks, we will be showcasing our top 5 episodes of all time. Enjoy the episode and be sure to join us next week to hear the rest. Hey guys and welcome to episode 249 of Built on Passion. I'm your host, Matt DeLabono, and today we have on Grail co-founder, Travis Merrigan. Grail makes extremely simple and highly effective water purification devices to help provide clean, safe drinking water to people in need while helping them to cut down on single-use plastic in their everyday lives. Grail is a company that you might be familiar with, whether you've seen them on the shelf, seen them online somewhere, or whether you've actually listened to our third episode of Built on Passion. At the time, it was the Ready Eddie podcast. Grail is one of the first companies that we really connected with. They were pretty young. They'd been around for a bit, but they really started to ramp up what they were doing. And it seems that they haven't stopped. If anything, they've kind of doubled down and planning to take things even further. Grail is that perfect example of a company that exists far beyond their product. On the surface, their product is still a one-of-a-kind water filtration device. It's a one-pump water bottle design. You just use your body weight to actually filter out the water. Simple, straightforward. And it's one of the few that actively filters out viruses, as well as particulate matter and bacteria. And there's something to be said about that alone. However, beyond an efficient and effective design, Grail's bigger message is doing good, helping people, and driving to make the world a better place any way they can. When it comes to environmental awareness, Grail's ability to walk the walk is vastly more important to them than just talking the talk. In a world where people are getting more in tune about what's going on with the Earth itself, people can find their own information, form their own opinions. Grail doesn't feel the need to talk down to people or use something they care about to sell their product. They're more interested in what their product can actually do to help the causes that they care about. And I think it makes a lot of sense. You don't need to force marketing into a product. I think they've done an incredible job of removing the ego piece of doing good, especially as an organization. It's really good for goodness sake, right? In this episode of Built on Passion, Grail co-founder Travis Merrigan dives into what Grail is and what it's meant to be beyond a water filtration device, how a company's message and actions should exist beyond their product, and how the right team is everything. It was a blast chatting with Travis. It's always great to kind of go beyond the brick and mortar of a company, get to more higher level things, more abstract things about how they exist within a community. And I think Travis has a lot of insight there. Without further ado, I give you Grail co-founder, Travis Merrigan. Do you remember coming on uh, the podcast? I do. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the early. Do you remember what the date was? I was trying to. I didn't see it on this. Yeah, it was like 2016. It was like it was like really like we just gotten started. You were, I think, maybe like the sixth person. Number three on your on your website. Oh yeah. yeah. Then number three. That's it. Um, yeah. That's. I'm. It's kind of interesting. It all comes full circle. This is going to be more interesting because it's we get to revisit this. Um, I don't think we really had anyone do this. I'm I'm interested to kind of you know dig into it. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, let's go. All right, right on. Um, I guess to start, Travis, thanks for joining me. Who who are you for the listener who's a little unfamiliar? So I'm Travis. Hi, everybody. I and I'm co-founder of Grail, and uh, Grail's a water purifier company that, that was founded nine years ago or so, and um, I do. Man, over the time, I've done every single job, uh, not all of them well. I'll let it be known. From CEO, COO, sales, everything. Um, a few things I really like are sales, but we've got a really talented sales team that kind of keep me at arm's length. Now. Um, and so what I focus most of my time on right now is product development. That's, that's what I've done. That what has been consistent throughout the whole process of Grail is I've focused a lot on making new products. And uh, you know, Grail makes water purifiers for outdoor adventure, for international travel, for, for emergency, and um, taking our, our one special thing and, and optimizing it and making it better, both the technology on the inside and then also the, the form factor and the usability and the versatility of it. And so I, I wake up every day thinking about how to make this thing better and how to make you know, new, new ideas that, that 
complement our line. And so we have some great products right now. We're really excited about what's coming out, out in the next six months. And then um, we got a lot in the hopper. Good stuff's just going to keep on coming. That's what I'm talking about. I I remember the first, um, pro- I think that, was that right when you guys launched 2016? No, no. We, we had been around for four years by then. Uh, and But what, what we were launching at the time was sort of the rebirth, the reinvention of the company. Oh, man, the early days. We didn't. We, didn't didn't really know what we had. We we had this one idea that we knew we, we were pretty confident was was good. And that was a way of pressing water that that is fast, it's powerful and that and here's the key thing it uses your own body weight to press as opposed to sucking on a straw as opposed to squeezing a little bag or using a pump. Th- those use little muscles to get tired. This is you just a single press using your body weight, very very powerful mechanism. But so, so we had this idea, we had this patent, we had this, this, this device, but it, it, a couple things. One is it, it wasn't dialed in. It wasn't dialed in for who our audience was at the time. So this we launched in 2013 and we, we just didn't know what we had on our hands. And it took us a while until about 2016 when I first met you guys. And the other, the other thing about an idea like that, you ever, you ever heard the phrase, build a better mousetrap and the world will beat a path to your door? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not true. It's not true. <laughs> Look, I mean, it's a great idea. Yes, if you have a, if you have a brilliant idea, you have a chance. You have a chance at making a company. You, if you don't have a great idea, you don't have a chance. Maybe, arguably, but but simply having the mousetrap isn't sufficient. Here's what's wrong with the build a better mousetrap, and you're immediately going to have success. Not everybody wants a different mousetrap. You know, you know what's great about a mousetrap? It works. It's cheap. Everybody has one. You know, not only has to be better, it has to be way, way better than what they already have. Okay. And then, and then people are resistant to change. Like, no, I already got this thing that works. Like, why would I, for, for Grail, the number one competition, there's some great brands out there. I, you know, I'll, I'll do respect to all those brands, but the biggest competition for Grail is the single use plastic water bottle. Super convenient. It's at every corner store. Pick it up, throw it in your car, throw a couple in your backpack for your outdoor adventure. That's, very easy and getting people to transition off of that really functional, really easy thing is, is really hard work. Um, so you got this great idea, you're, you're taking it to market. A tiny company just doesn't have the ability to speak loud enough so that anybody will listen, right? You just, you, you so like, well, how big's your marketing department? How big's your marketing budget? How you get, you got this brilliant idea that's way better than the previous mousetrap. Like, how are you going to let people know? It's really, really difficult. And we stumbled along for quite a while before, you know, really when we first met you guys, 2016 is when we first started having the first inklings of success. You basically, you got to find the people who are looking for this thing. And as long as I'm, I I believe that as long as you are into what you're doing, as long as you are believing in that thing, there's more people out there, right? There's got to be. How did you find those people? What was like the process of finding who's looking for Grail and then saying, hey, this is for you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, good question. Um, a few things happened. One is that we we got, you know, their the previous versions that were not as good as the one that you first saw. That simple. So the, the ultralight was a big step forward for us. Uh, so getting the product right or close to right, getting it a lot better for the market that you're that you're after. Like it, it's the classic. Like know who your customer is and know the kinds of things that they want. That's that's huge. Um, I, early on, Kickstarter was great. Kickstarter is fantastic. You know, I, I think the, the bloom is off a little bit. It's sort of an old channel or whatever, but like it, it is still an opportunity to like, hey, I got a great idea. Like, all right, let's test that. Take it to Kickstarter. See if anybody wants to buy it. Because there are people who are first first adopters, eager to try new things, um, um, support cool companies. They got good stories, whatever. And um, and so and so that that was super helpful. And then it, here's the real secret sauce of Grail. You know, beyond. If it's two things, one, one, it's this device that makes water really simple. Two is we have consistently been able to hire amazing people, like above the pay grade we offer, above the size of company that we are, because people just want to buy in and want, want to be part of this thing that's that they see the potential in Grail. And so we're able to get, you know, our branding firm is off the hook, just these amazing, amazing guys that, and for, for a long time, you know, we're not getting paid anywhere near what they were, uh, they were worth, you know, or 
our head of sales, our, 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 our engineering department, just we are still a very small company, um, fewer than 15 employees, full-time employees, but you know, just, just amazing people, um, top to bottom. And, and I, a lot of times my, I feel like my job throughout the entire process has just been like, set those folks up to do what they do best. And then you make sure they have everything they need and then just kind of get out of their way and let them, let them do their thing. So, um, you know, building a great team, you know, is, is crucial. And, you know, once the team members are in place and you get a good idea and you get a good product and, and then you just, you just start building on, building on little successes, right? You, you, you know, we're, we're fortunate to be in the Seattle area, which is, you know, home to a lot of outdoor, outdoor gear brands, um, home to a nice travel uh, organization that, that home to REI, um, which is everywhere. Also home to Amazon, um, which is bl- blessing the curse, Amazon for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and just and, and have had the ability to, you know, be, being in this place where so many people work in the outdoor industry, in the gear industry, in the travel industry, able to make a lot of contacts that would ah, might, might be harder other places. So just a lot of a lot of fortunate things came came into being, and we were able to capitalize on that, keep going. Yeah, that I I could see that, and I mean, especially what with what you were saying about building a team, that of course, but even more so being able to kind of step back and let, you know, not getting in, in your way. I feel like there's like a, like a pride piece that makes it tough where like you want to be the hero in every place, you know, to kind of like come up with like that groundbreaking idea to like kind of step back and be like, okay, like you are a, like a shining star at this and I'm not as good. Go for it. That, I mean, that takes a lot. So that's what marks a leader. Well, yeah, I, I, I think that ego can really get in the way of the founder. Um, I, you know, I, I have never thought I'm particularly good at any, any particular thing other than I think maybe helping people get focused on what they need to do and, 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 and help, helping them along, you know, I've, the, the, the platform for other, other folks and then shared credit, right? It's not me. I, I, it's not, it's not about me. It's about this awesome company and this, this product that we're building and, and let, let everybody enjoy in the success of that. And even, I mean, especially because what Grail's doing, like it's a, it's a noble cause. I mean, creating clean water, like opening that up, I mean, for what it actually is, is more important now than ever. And it's only going to get more and more relevant. It's like, you're like setting a stage for like making sure like, okay, like this is something that every, everyone needs, every human being, every living creature needs fresh Yeah, I, let me, I better, Emily's going to be mad at me if I don't step in and say what the product actually does. We make a water purifier bottle that removes bacteria, protozoa, and virus. Virus is the tough one of those three. Plus chemicals, heavy metals, sediment, microplastics, et cetera. Right. Back into that a second. Bacteria and protozoa, those are living organisms. Bacteria floats around and swims. Protozoa, same deal. Virus as we all learned in the past 15 months, right? There's like a little computer code, much, much smaller than bacteria, much, much smaller than protozoa, much harder to remove from water. So most water treatment devices don't do it. It's one of the secret sauces of, of our product is the ability to remove virus. Why does that matter? Well, if you're in a pristine river in the Pacific Northwest, probably you don't, probably it doesn't matter much, but in if you're traveling to South America, Southeast Asia, China, lots and lots of places, viruses in the water. And every time there's a natural disaster, virus, very often a, a hurricane, a flood, the Texas freezing thing, anytime human waste gets into the drinking water system, which often happens, then you are, or, or is just left untreated, let go into the rivers, you, um, there's a chance for virus spreads because virus is always human to human. Whereas bacteria, you know, you can get, you can get salmonella from a chicken. Virus is really specific. Then also on the chemicals and heavy metals, um, there's, there's activated carbon inside grail purifiers that remove bad stuff from water, how stuff tastes, how it smells, but also lead and arsenic and PFAS and BPA and, and all, these, all these chemicals that over time really do, can do some damage to your body. And um, so that's what, the, that's what the bottle does. And it does it all with you fill, you press, you drink. Very, very simple. After a eight to 10 second press, now you've got 24 ounces of water in your geopress and the ability to share. It's very versatile. You can cook, you can drink, you can 
you can, I can fill up your bottle. Like we can make coffee with the water, et cetera. So, okay. That's my pitch. It's, it's probably arguably one of the, the most, or the, the least labor intensive water filtration devices that's out there. Cause I mean, you are using just the force of gravity. You, you could be exhausted. All you have to do is just fall on it and it'll, it'll uh, filter it out. Yeah, that's right. It's the, the mechanical advantage of your body weight is superior in almost every instance to, to, you know, most other ways of doing it. Uh, and, you know, I, I should say there, there's other great ways of making water. If, if you just need a little sip, then, then a, a tiny lightweight straw may be all you need. If you need a giant amount of water, you need liters and liters and liters of water, consider a gravity bag. That's a great, you know, bag to bag with a filter in between, use gravity drip. Awesome. But you know, pros and cons to both of those. And we hit a sweet spot for people who are on the go, who are need something to put in their backpack, either for a, you know, medium to long hike or for overnight trips. And then certainly, and this is where the pandemic set in for us a little bit was that international travel, you know, 30 to 40% of our folks are thinking about an international trip when they're, when they're investing in a grail product. And with the pandemic shutting down international travel, it was, uh, yeah, it changed the market a little bit for us over the past 15 months or so. Was the ability to filter out viruses, is that something that is new or was that even with the ultralight? Oh yeah, that, that has been a part of the product from the very beginning. The technology we have inside of our water purifier bottles is, um, has always removed virus as a, as a feature. The reason why more companies, more water treatment devices don't do that is because it is hard. It takes more pressure. It takes more force. It takes a different technology. And you just can't generate that with your sucking with your mouth or squeezing with your hands. It's just too hard. So we're able to generate much more force. Therefore, virus capability becomes practical. What was, what was the initial jumping off point? Like, what was the moment of conception of the idea? What was, when did you say, we got to do this? Um, well, that came in stages. Um, the, the, the moment of inspiration on the product itself was we, we'd already decided we wanted to do something in water, but, uh, but my, um, myself, Nancy Weston and Michael Bardell were sitting, it was a, a rainy January weekend. We're sitting up in the, on an Island in Washington state and focusing on, on how to make water. And, and we, we had a couple of prototypes. One was, it was, it was basically a super soaker a little kid's toy even simpler than that you you it, it, long tube you stick the nose in water and you pull back and then you push this push on this handle and the water squirts and you can squirt more water further with one of those things than any kind of squirt gun and and, there, and we're like there's something there right that, that is a that is that is a powerful way to push water long distance water delivery system <laughs> yeah, basically, right? And 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 a, and a, a stand-up bike pump works in a kind of a similar mechanism as compared to a little frame pump, the little tiny one that goes on your bike. Um, and and so using these as kind of leaping off points for the the really hard question of how do you generate the force to push water across this purification membrane, uh, and and so it can come out the other side fast enough in a, in a simple enough way to, um, to be usable. And, 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 that, and then the, again, simplicity has always been a part, you know, there's lots of ways you could lot, you know, lots of ways to make a pump that you lean your body into, you know, why not just put a filter on the bottom of a bike pump? Well, cause the water's got to go someplace and where's the water going to go. You're going to fill up a bag. You're going to require the user to have an bottle and what if your bottle's different the, the moment of like aha was like now we're going to refill the same bottle right you fill the outer you got a slightly small outer refill fill it with dirty water got a slightly smaller bottle that, that fits in with a purifier on the bottom and as you press that purifier through the dirty water it fills the inner reef the inner press that, that that's now full of clean water at the end of the press the, the space that held the dirty water now holds clean water. And that was, that was the other, ah. um, now, now what can we do with this design? And, um, and that really, to, to be honest, you know, there was a lot of refinement, but really it all took place, you know, on a Saturday and a Sunday in this, in this rainy house. Um, 
between walks on the beach that just just it all it just it came together and and I don't know it was a moment of you know just three people really putting their brains together and coming up with something that none of us could individually it's it's kind of cool you can you can see how you know you had this obviously you had the idea you know the, the device that like launches water you can kind of see how you all you have to do is really just flip it on its head and it's not the the water that needs to move it's the filter that moves through the water that's a good way of putting it yeah yeah and and in terms of i mean even backstepping a little bit in terms of um you know there are already kind of being some pre-existing uh water filtration devices this is, meets the perfect middle ground and it, i mean like you said like you have the handheld filtration device that's just a filtration device and it just goes from source to your body but this and then you have you know large um gravity fed filtration devices you know for large amounts this it's great because you actually just that's your water bottle you know if you've made you've created that classification that that middle ground that people probably would have wanted yeah yeah that it's i mean it's sort of not in a way it's a non-astounding realization that hey guess what people like bottles um i mean look around like every every place and, and granted this was sort of at the beginning of it um we you know um nalgene was the only bottle until then clean canteen in the late aughts came out with a stainless steel bottle and people were like wow and and now had a flask and yeti and everybody but you know there's probably how many how many bottles are in a are in a drawer in your kitchen. I mean, everybody's got eight of them, right? Um, bottle is a great way to carry water. It's the best way to carry water. Uh, and but the problem is, if if once you drink your bottle of water, now now it's empty and you got to fill it someplace. And that if if you don't have access to clean water, how do you do it? So da da da. Right. The the versatility of a bottle. I can drink it if I'm. I can share it with you if I'm willing to swap spit. I can fill up your bottle if I'm not willing to swap spit. Um, I can I can fill up a you know dehydrated food pack and um, I can for for hot water if you if you make if you're cooking or you're or you're making coffee you you have to boil the water for a minute two minutes at high elevation three minutes that takes a lot of gas to do if your water is already pure all you have to do is heat it up you don't even have to boil it and now you can pour it straight into your coffee without without getting sick like so so all these things all this versatility that's enabled with a system that is you know, dust our car hoses and pumps and, you know, has, has clean water in a bottle right after you're done is, um, and I, I think that's why it resonates with people. And um, yeah, that's what we hear. Just the, the simplest, easiest, most versatile way to, to make water. Totally. And I mean, like another point that you mentioned, um, you know, just a bit ago for what grail is and can even be in a, you know, taking that even further, but to remove the focus on single-use plastic, how does that kind of work into the narrative? Like, how, is that something that's always kind of been there? Is that something that, you know, has been a quick realization? I could see, I mean, everyone's really waking up to wanting to go out of their way to step away from single-use plastic. People are, are doing it. I mean, something that I've always really cared about, but because I've been paying attention, I kind of see it more. So I think that's a remarkable piece is there anything that you guys have done or continuing to do or looking at to kind of like take that even further and make that like the, you know, the big message behind it? Yeah. Um, you know, certainly the, the, the message, you know, as early as I keep coming back to clean canteen and, and these, these other bottle folks and nowadays with the, the straw of the turtle's nose and there's stainless steel straws and all the, all for the good. And, and certainly it's to the point now, I think in messaging where we don't have to beat that drum very hard because people understand, right? I mean, there's, there's a, there's a core understanding of, you know, yeah, plastic is theoretically recyclable, but this is very little of it is. Um, you're probably better off throwing your single use plastic just in the trash cans. It's cheaper to take care of than if you're doing the recycling, which is going to end up in the trash anyway. Um, but so, so we don't, we don't need, it's not a core part of our messaging. Cause I just think people understand what, what is, um, and also, you know, look, when you're, when you're in the outdoors, a lot of people will buy like big jugs of single use plastic to take car camping. Oh, fine. I get, you know, but, but at, at the end, you've got, you know, after a weekend of car camping across the United States, there's billions, billions of tons, you know, I, I don't know what to do about that problem. The, the one, the, the thing that we focus on with, with single use plastic is, is around travel. And, and that is where, um, look, I mean, this is a, 
super viable, super easy, depending on how long you're traveling, is going to save you money over single-use plastic. But to get it into the minds of people before they leave on their trip, everybody gets down to Mexico, Thailand, wherever, and like, oh man, we're buying a lot of a lot of water bottles. You got no other choice if you if you show up without one, or if you show up without without another option. That that is the moment where we where Grail really shines through particularly with, with that issue and, and so i mean it's a matter of safety you really trust what's in a third world water bottle and just you know that there's nothing greater than just pulling up to a hose i've astounded people all over the world you just there, there's some, some gardeners watering his trees and, and you fill up the bottle and he's like no no don't and you press it and you drink it and he's his mind's blown you fill up his water bottle he's stoked it's a it's a very very cool thing so it's not a huge part of our marketing but but it is it, it, it does resonate with people, you know, it, like, look, when you're leaving for a trip, you're going to Mexico, right? Finally, you got your vaccine and you're going on a big trip. Like, you're not going to bring your own food to Mexico. You're going to go down to Mexico and you're going to eat the delicious food that's down there. And you're not going to bring your own water. Most people think, right? But you should. You really, really should bring your own water, not just for waste, but for, for safety and for, for a lot of things. And so that's where um, we're trying to continually try to tell that story. At least we were until the pandemic sort of changed our... Um, Change the trajectory a little bit. That makes so much sense. You hear about like, oh, you know, don't drink the water in Mexico, whatever. You are given bottled water and told that that's okay. But even still, you don't really know where that's coming from necessarily. Bottled water companies do a lot of shady crap. And that's not even remotely a secret anymore. So it's kind of give that ability to be self-sufficient, which is incredible. I like how you guys are enforcing like leaning on this as like a marketing thing. People are smart. They don't need us to tell them. Yeah, there's few companies that really won't militantly go after every aspect just to turn it into a buying point where it's like, this thing is the, like the value's clear, like we don't need to be getting dregs and throwing it at what we're trying to do. It's, it makes sense. It's obvious. It, it works. So you guys nailed this, the press water filter, I guess, system. Where do you go from here? Where do you take this. I mean, it seems like you kind of, I mean, even because you've been filtering out with viruses, that's huge. It's not a lot of filters out there specifically can do that. We are um, the called, called the form factor, the way people interact with their bottle. That can be, you know, what the cap looks like, what the size is. We've got some, got some improvements. We're going to have a product coming out. It'll be in stores in October. And uh, that we're super excited about that's going to, that's, that's in, in the line of like, take this thing that exists and, and, and make a new awesome form factor that's going to really appeal to people. There's that. Um, we're working on new technologies. So there are other things that people want out of their water um, other than bacteria, protozoa, and virus. And hmm, so how, how, do we, how do we approach that market? And then, uh, and then there's also, um, um, you know, hardcore expedition, like the, the hardest users in the world. And what, what do those folks need? Where, where water is truly vile. You know, just uh, b beyond the pale that you probably you wouldn't go near it. Um, but this is your best source, and uh, and so we're, we got a we got a line of uh, research and development to to look at look into those questions. Uh, and then there's other there's other things people do with water too, other than just drink it cold and pure. Things I don't mean to be too coy. I'm not going to share too much today, but I, I, we are um, we are working at a faster pace right now over the past six months to, to develop new products and new ideas than ever in the history of grow you know finally getting to the point where uh we can focus on it and, and, and bring some resources to bear and just really excited about you know what what is a you know it's a huge market you know you, you eat three times a day maybe 10 times a day i don't know you drink at least as much and um, there's lots of ways that people interact with water throughout the day and it's not a market that's going anywhere i i think that people are increasingly concerned about even if your water is biologically safe, bacteria, protozoa, virus is not a problem where you live. How does it taste? What's, you know, what are the trace materials? Um, there's a, if you ever want to go into the, down, the, down the rat hole and scare yourself a little bit about your own local water that's coming out of your tap, go, the environmental working group, ewg.org has a, you know, they periodically come out with water stuff that it's not good. It's, you know, some, some chemicals that we weren't even aware of 10 years ago are now. The, the forever chemicals, PFAS, polyfluoro, whatever, whatever. Water is a big deal. And it's not, it's not giving a smaller deal. And 
the droughts in the West and the water quality and everywhere. And I, I think it's, I think it's important. I, I think there's, I'm always encouraged when I see a new brand with a new water idea, even a new water purifier idea. I'm like, yes, hell yeah. Let's, that is a, let's get more and more and more people thinking about cl making clean water that doesn't come out of single use. And, um, fantastic. And if, if they got an idea, I'm always, I'm, I'm cheering them on. I'm supporting their Kickstarter, whatever. Like, uh, there's, there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do in the water space that is, um, so we've, we've kind of scratched the surface and we got, um, got some great products right now, but the future is bright for new stuff that we're working on. Yeah. It, I mean, you're hundred percent right. It's, a, you know, this, the water quality issue, water availability issue is not something that's going to be getting better right it's it's almost in, it's impossible especially for what we're currently dealing with and you know what we're up against even when it comes to you know revitalizing water systems which this is a huge and it's a it's an ask of which i can't even describe i, I don't know like I have, I have no solutions for that yeah and and america is look america is this filthy rich country that beyond belief you know and we're gonna we're gonna give vaccines to five-year-olds before the seven-year-olds get it in places in the third world. whatever this is the world i didn't make the world but we have a lot of resources to take care of this stuff and so here locally eh, all right probably okay western europe probably okay um man the rest of the world and you know it, it's a it's a real problem for folks who sell high-end products like me to you know is it is it just for rich Westerners? Is there, is there anything that can be done internationally? And, and, and so we do, part, uh, part of what we do with our giving, um, you know, water.org, we support that does, you know, a really sustainable model for, you know, not just like put pumps in the ground, they're going to break in three years and then the village is no better off, but a sustainable model for maintaining that. The parts come locally. The, the, the technicians that work on it aren't Westerners that fly in. They're locals who know how to work on this stuff with parts that can be sourced locally. And, and um, we, Grail's a member of 1% for the planet. So 1% of our uh, revenue, not profits, 1% of the gross revenue that comes in, we, we give to environmentally focused nonprofits. Um, we're just much better at doing some of this work than Grail's ever going to be able to do. Um, and so we, we support organizations that both domestically here in the United States, um, particularly on locking up important pieces of environmental land so that we have access to them, and then internationally on, on water issues. And, and, um, and so we're, just, we're super stoked to be working with very, very cool nonprofits all, all over the world that, this, that, that inspire us and, and help us, um, you know, help us carry out the, the part of our mission that, you know, I, I think we're working towards, you know, how to, how, are, are we ever going to be able to build something that's going to help that little village in Guatemala where my wife was a Peace Corps volunteer for two years? Um, I, I don't know. I, maybe. Uh, maybe. I, I, th I think about it a lot. But in the meantime, are there, can Grail, you know, succeed in the business market selling to our customers and then, and then support these other nonprofits that are doing important work there? And, and for us right now, that's, that's the best way that we can, you know, look, look beyond ourselves and our own piddly problems here in the um, lonesome crowded West. And, um, right, yeah. And so we, it's, it's something we, we care a lot about and, and I, I continually to work to make sure that that, that, that 1% goes to the best effects, um, both here in the United States and across the world. I feel like the way your attitude towards it and the way you're handling it is the perfect thing because it, it is a stepping stone and there it's, you know, you want to build something where grail can exist so that if you do start more directly getting involved um, with providing clean water that you can keep your organization going so you can help keep spreading, you know, being able to give clean water. So like you're building that base. You said, I mean, you said it yourself, you have a lot of, I guess, production expansion ideas coming up soon and you dialed in what Grail is now, that method and filtering out viruses. I feel like from there, like, you know, you only build onto that. And especially when it comes to providing clean water, you like you said, like there's so many different ways that you can take it and that it's needed that it's, you know, you're, you're headed, it's baby steps, babies, like stable baby steps towards that trajectory. And then I also, you know, just don't forget to reach back and give a hand up, you know, where, where, wherever you land in your industry and you're doing so well for yourself and you got your fancy car or whatever, like, how'd you get there? Help, help somebody that's 
from your old neighborhood or whatever, like take advantage as well. You know, we, we've done internships, we've done, we, we try to, you know, student project, I presented to a classroom a couple of weeks ago, you know, just who are interested in science. And yeah, I, 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 I feel like there's more to give to the world than um, wonderful, but frankly, pretty dang expensive water purifiers that are only, only a small number of people really in the world can buy. Um, so we we feel pretty strongly as a company that there's there's a lot left to do. You talk the talk and you walk away. That's 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 even bigger because it's the it's the involvement. It's again, it's not just like uh, you know creating a, a product just for the sake of you know having a successful use case. It's actually being involved in the issue that you're solving and finding how to be a part of the community that what you're doing is directly affecting. It's great. And, and on different levels too, it's not just like, um, you know, 1% for the plant. It's great that there's like philanthropy going on, but it's beyond that because now you're, you're, what you're saying is like, you're getting involved in creating, opening up the space, education, you know, it's, it's rising tide raises um, all ships. And plus, I mean, yeah, the collaboration is the, it breeds innovation too. Well, I, you know, rising tide doesn't necessarily float all ships. I, I think that that's an intentional step that organizations like mine, organizations like yours, you know, need to be, need, need to focus on to make sure that at least, at least some, some, some of the success that we have is shared with, with other, other folks. And, um, and I, and I do, I, you know, for instance, it, for an organization like Ready Yeti to consider something like a 1% for the planet membership, which I think has a lot of benefits in terms of marketing. Um, and it's really not that big of a contribution um, right now as, as, as your organization is still relatively small. And as you continue to grow it, it just, it's built in as a line item that, um, anyway, I, I think that, I think every, I encourage lots of folks to consider, if not 1% for the planet, then some form of, some form of giving back to the bigger world that, you know, let's, let's face it, you were born into the richest country in the world and, and are, you know, have benefited enormously from whatever kind of advantages you had growing up. And um, not that you didn't work hard, not that you don't earn what you have, but um, there, there is responsibility with, with, all, with all those benefits to, you know, start to think at, about, about how, to, how to give some back to, to where you came from or, you know, other folks in other places that didn't have the, the benefits that you grew up with. So that's the way I look at the world anyway. No, it's good. I, I'm, I'm 100% with you. And I know that that's, that's actually something that we talked about, talked a lot about um is trying to figure out like how do we do i mean because the outdoor industry right if you exist in the outdoor industry or any kind of industry that touches you know not nature in any way it's it's really hard to be in there without taking action to kind of help keep this place sacred you know safe stable not you know receding um so one percent for the planet is something that we've flirted with we it's one of those things where we want to do a little bit more than just like give up some money. The, the end goal, like kind of like, uh, you know, getting a little starry eyed. Um, we talked about, you know, different like initiatives where it's like put together like events for like cleanup groups and stuff like that. Something that more like, um, you know, more active component to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like there's, it's, it's one of those things that, we know that we want to do, we know what we could do, but if we do it, we want it to be the thing that we can kind of keep on improving on yeah. and that won't just lose steam. Well, um, I tell you what, I'll, I'll, let's, let's take some time offline to, but, but just really quickly, what, you know, 1% is cool because you're not supporting the organization 1% for the planet. You do a little bit, but you, you giving to other organizations that are members of 1% for the planet. So where, whatever it is, and there's a lot, there's, 1,500 in the United States and another 1,000 probably internationally. So virtually anything you'd want to do probably counts. And then it's the way that it's it's 50% cash, 50% in kind. So advertising, could you could you help these little nonprofits advertise on your channel? Yes, you could. That would that would count in part to your contribution. Um, I, I, I'm I'm a big fan of the, of the model of one percent because it oh yeah it is a it, it's a platform upon which you do good works rather than being a good work in and of itself, if that makes sense. And, no, um, that totally but, does. Yeah. And so anyway, I, 
I'm making a pitch for those guys. I I, th I think that I, I think it's a super cool organization that is, is at least anybody who's listening to this should at least take a look at. You can do you can do your entire business one percent. You can do a single product that your company makes one uh, percent. So it's it's even even as a as a way way to get involved in the organization to see whether it, it, it makes sense for you. And I would say purely on marketing alone, just purely on the build the folks who care about this sort of thing, like with single use water bottles. Like if you care about this, then you might be interested in this part, this kind of product. If you care about the globe and you see the 1%, you, you may be more likely to, huh, let's see what that podcast is about. Let's see what that product is all about. And and last, you know, if you're a very, very small company, the, the amount of money, actual cash required is very small. And then it just becomes, when Girl started, we were a very small company and we're still pretty small, but it's just a net, you know, it's just a line item that we we consider to be a, a good investment for us, and um, and it just grows as the company grows. It's not a needing to like thrust huge sums of money every month. Yeah, it, it creates a way to give back within your means, whether you ha don't have the um, manpower or like the time to even really figure out how to put like a percentage of your revenue towards a specific. You know, it, it, that takes a lot of moving parts, a lot of communication, whatever. This, I guess, kind of helps make that possible really small businesses tend to be lean. At least you can be giving something. And, and let me just be, the, what the world doesn't need is another nonprofit. Whatever you want to do, there's a nonprofit that does it. They just need support. This is, you, do, you don't have to, you don't have to file for the 501c3 and do that, have the office and do the, whatever, build the website. Like, no, I just support those guys, man. They're, they're already doing awesome stuff. Already what you care about. They're better at it. They've got more experience than you already have. You can keep doing what you're doing and you can support them so that they do what they're best at. And I, I think it's a, I think it's a great model, be it 1% or, or, or some other way, but. You really, you really can't have a business without having some kind of actionable social piece to it anymore either. I mean, cause there's, there's so, it's never been easier to start something where if you are so solely focused on just making money, you're really not going to go anywhere. Like the people, like no one wants that. Like even like people voting with their dollars all over the world. Like that is something that if there's two companies and one person's providing you know something beyond just what they're actually doing even if it's like completely irrelevant even if it's just like some you know some passion that um the people behind the company care about that company that's giving back or providing something beyond the product will keep it up because you're going to find people who care about that uh, cause too yes absolutely you like like attracts like it yeah there's a million reasons. There's a million. Uh, people, have, people have written studies on this just to, to, to talk about the benefits. And, and you know, I disagree with one thing you said. It's, it's super easy to found a company and not, not give anything back. I think that's, I think that's the default. Um, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of, you got a local insurance company and you, you go teach, go coach Little League Baseball. And that counts, man. That's, that's definitely checking a box for sure. Um, and, but, you know, so what, what is it that, your company can do and i would i would suggest that starting your own nonprofit or something you know starting your own beach cleanup is probably the hardest way to do it with the least bang for the buck helping other for for a small company that's best at what you're best at keep doing that and then help help little nonprofits do what they're best at and that is and then mutually benefit from that from that shared interest it's just a great way to great way to do it what advice would you give someone who wanted to do more. I mean, I, I guess get involved with 1% for the planet seems to be like the, the, the first barrier of entry, but what would you suggest someone pay attention to? If you're, if it's the environment that you want to work in or youth organizations or whatever, social justice, you know, there, there's 50 topics within each of those. Find one, right. Or two that you're interested in. And then just learn who, who locally, who in your city, who in your state is doing some of that work. And just, I don't know, read the website, check it out. Start to educate yourself about the ways that people are already making a difference. And, and I think as you do that, okay, so, so you find this awesome organization that's, um, there's an organization up, up, in, up in Vermont, um, guys we work with, I'm forgetting the name of it. They build mobility devices, kind of trikes for people with disabilities. And, and they, they, they raise money, they buy the kit, they build the bikes, they give them away, they teach them how to use them and they help them maintain them. And, and so these, kids, these high school kids that were, in these terrible wheelchairs and now have now have accessibility and that now can keep up with their buddies as they're rolling, you know, whatever, walking up. It's life-changing for some of these kids. Um, adults too. <clears throat> what do they need? 
Do they need cash? Do they need volunteers? Do they need, you know, start local, get, get a little bit of experience in, in something that you care about that seems meaningful. And at the end of the day, I think, you'll, you know, take one day for it. Grail, Grail gives our employees two days per year paid to go donate their time to nonprofits doing awesome things. It can, can be anything, right? I've, I've you know, I've, there's, a, there's an organization in Seattle I used to work with a little bit that, that would um, take junk bikes for kids, fix them up real nice, paint them in new parts and, and give them away to kids and with helmets and, and lights. And that was, ah, that felt good at the end of the day. You're dirty, you're tired, your back hurts. And man, you've built five bikes and five kids in your neighborhood are going to have bikes. You can see the, like, you can see the bike lights on these kids as they're riding around. Like, yeah, you had a little part to do with that. It, it fills your bucket. And it can be as simple as that, as simple as a couple of hours helping at some little nonprofit. And then see, see what grows from there, you know, and engage, help, you know, if you got staff, engage your staff in it because it doesn't, doesn't matter what I'm interested in, right? It matters what we're interested in. And if, and if you know, somebody really has a passion for we folks on our, our crew who are interested in helping youth get into the mountains. Kids, never, inner city kids from Seattle, never had a chance. Never, these mountains towering above them every day of their lives. And they've, some of them literally never been outside of the city limits of Seattle, right? And they go up and they have these adventures and they, climb, you know, they do rock climbing and they sleep in a tent and they, their, their world is so much bigger than before they joined the organization, right? And, and you know, because that, that it's, it's, your, it's public land. It's your land. You own this. You have a right to be here. This is a gotten nature. It's a home game for you. It's, it's ch changes the way kids see the world, I think. And, and some of them will grow up and be park rangers and start businesses and nonprofits and who the hell knows. Even if you've never thought about it before, you can develop a passion for doing good in the world as everybody wants to do. Whatever that good means to you, whatever that whatever that organization is. And if you, an individual can do something, a company can do a lot more. Um, a company back with some resources can do a lot more. A group of companies can do a lot. And, and all, uh, all of a sudden we've got a movement here. You don't have to start it yourself. You just got to join in. Uh, yeah, you don't, you don't have to start it yourself, but you do have to get started and it doesn't have to be huge. One step, it takes like one action or like, you know, helping one, one thing. It sounds like Grail already is kind of involved in a lot of uh, things on the micro and macro level uh, within your organization and 1% for the planet. But is there anything that you kind of say like next five or 10 years that you'd want Grail to be doing? Like, is there like a, like a, you know, a broader vision? Next time I'm on the podcast, I'll come back and tell you about our vision. I, I, I think that, uh, I, I think what we have done is we have, dedicated some resources, dedicated some staff time, really encouraged staff to, to partake. Um, and I, I would say we're at a, beyond our infancy for sure, but still really, you know, if Patagonia is up here, you know, we're still climbing the ladder and we're, we're quite a ways down it. Um, I, I think, uh, um, yeah, I, but I, I definitely think that global water is a big issue for Grail that we care about. And I think that protecting local lands, protecting, protecting public spaces and, and getting access to public spaces, especially to, 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 to young people, um, are two areas that Grail's really focused on and um, that we, fill, fills our bucket to, to, to work on that stuff. Um, Courtney, Courtney on our team in particular is, is, is super active in it. Um, and she does some work with a the, with the local nonprofit that helps low-income students get outside. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, you know, we probably lack the grand strategy at the moment and that's, you know, it's something to work towards. We're, it's, it's constant improvement. We're, we're always, we're working towards the goal. From a company standpoint, it seems like you guys have been like very steadily climbing the hill, like across the board too. like forget like product, like outside of the product too. I mean, even I, I think it's really cool. The uh, dedicating two days off for employees to kind of do something. Uh, it's inspiring. It like it, 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 you, you make that available and people are like, huh, even if they aren't, aren't involved or don't even think about it, it, it's an easy thing to be like, hmm, maybe I should use this. Maybe I should go do something. Even yeah. if it's just like a cleanup, like something small. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it, we get back more for, from it than we give, I think, but, but I a hundred percent believe that. And I, I think other, other companies do too. See, we've invented the perpetual motion machine. You get back more than you give. What is the best part about building and running Grail? 
I don't run Grail. I should say I'm I'm a small part of the team that does awesome work. But oh, okay, so but I would say that the best part I, I'm I'm inspired by people that are I I learn from the crew on our team every single day. I'm just I, I'm I'm inspired by them. Um, and um, I I more so than more so certainly than anything I personally accomplish. My crew, that's one. Two is. I, we, we live vicariously all the most interesting customers in the entire world, our Grail customers. There's, I haven't met a boring one yet. And just seeing what people we don't even know, they go out and they tag us on this. What, they're doing amazing things. They're doing the Adventure Bag Crew. It's this awesome little organization that thousands of people are picking up trash all over the world based on this one simple idea of just carrying around a trash bag and then filling it up on your way back on the hike. Simple, so easy. And yeah, they carry grails around. That's awesome. I just, they are, um, our, our customers are amazing and they, so grails, employees and grails customers are, um, continually inspire me to do what I do. That's incredible. That's, that's everything. I mean, like you, the reason for grail, I mean, you know, you make grail or you, maybe you started it for, uh, an idea of your, your own liking that you believed in, but even bigger than that, it always speaks to a bigger community. And when the bigger community gives back and you can see the work that you've done really benefit people, that's the best. Yeah. Like podcast, man, you got people coming in and listening to good stuff and hearing the good news as it were. Yeah, exactly. Travis, thank you for coming on, man. It's been great to uh, connect again. Yeah, man. It was good chat. Thank you, brother. For anyone who wants to find out more about Grail, find out more about 1% for the planet, just, you know, stay connected. Where is the best place for them to head? Well, our number one home on the internet is uh, grail.com. And then on Instagram and all the socials, we're at the Grail, G-R-A-Y-L. Travis, thanks again. Thank you, Matthew. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready A Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.